everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. It is Hungarian Grand Prix driver rating time. Yes, your favourite part of the week where you, where you will go to social media and go, no, I disagree with your opinion. Here's my opinion. Isn't it fun, Tommy? It is. And it's fine as long as you respect other people's opinions. They're not correct. They're just our opinions and what we exactly. believe is right. And that's exactly. fine. What we believe is right. It doesn't make it fact. Uh, now, before we get into it, a five-star review, as always. If you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. We read every single one of them. Uh, and uh, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, let us know why you love it. And if you do... We may select it for another podcast episode. This one comes in from Plug V. from the USA. I'm 13 and I've been a lover of F1 my whole life. My family likes it, but not enough to avoid planning things around it. So whenever I miss a race, Matt and Tommy are the perfect way to get a race review while also being enjoyable to listen to. Matt, I'm the biggest Ferrari fan out there. I'm so sorry. So I can relate to all of your struggles. Keep up the great work. P.S. Matt and Tommy have amazing wheel knowledge and are not washed. There you go. Forget opinions. That's fact. That right is there. fact. Thank we know you. lots of wheel. If, if anything, the last review was saying that we created the wheel and that Formula One was born <laughs> around us. So anyway, let's get into the driver ratings, starting with Mr. Logie Bear, Logan Sargent. He started 20th, finished DNF, a full-blown P20 merchant this week uh, for Logie Bear. Uh, it's going to be a three out of ten uh, for me. Williams really not at all good this weekend. He well, he was fighting at the back, giving it some welly on the penultimate lap of the race. Had a spin, and then Williams were like, "That was embarrassing." Come into the pits. We don't want to finish the race now. Obviously, that's not true. They were claiming there was an issue. Don't know if that was just to save face of Logie's spin. Who knows? But a three out of ten qualified last, disappointing race. But it's Logie. I'm not going to give him a two or a one because the car wasn't great. He wasn't actually running last until he had that spin. It's nearly a two, but I'm going to give a three. I've also gone for a three out of ten. It's a disappointing race for him, even though Williams, like you say, were never going to be good around Hungary. It's very much not their kind of track. Um, but even still, uh, it wasn't a, a great performance and... Maybe a bit of a backward step after a really good performance in Silverstone where he kind of looked a bit more like a rookie again. So it's a shame. Yeah, it's very true. Maybe, you know, we were looking at, even when we look at Oscar Piastri, for example, and how his performance was um, quite a bit worse than Norris this weekend in terms of that, especially that last stint and knowing the tyres. And, and it's kind of where experience comes in, in these hot conditions, a difficult circuit like the Hungara Ring. And that's maybe where we saw this chasm between more experienced drivers uh, and rookies or, or newer drivers. So, yeah, that's why, you know, a little bit more. Three. Have, have, a, have a bonus consolation plus one point for me. Let's go to Alex Albon then. Started 16th, finished 11th. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Alex Albon. Um, I think to finish P11, mentioned it many times now that that is all you can hope for uh i actually find it quite difficult to do these ratings now when essentially half the field th there's quite a few drivers that can get points without even really doing a particularly good performance and then there's 10 drivers who can't even get a point if they put in the greatest performance of their, <laughs> their career so um alex Albon finished p11 when we just talked about how this is not a a williams track i think uh this is just another um 
Alex Albon performance of putting that Williams where it shouldn't be. And I think he's having a really, really impressive season. Interesting stuff. I have gone for a 9 out of 10 for Alex Albon because, similar to what you said, Tommy, the car was washed. James Vowles did a miraculous social video uh, on on Williams, which, I mean, I just love listening to this man more than my own parents. Sorry, mum and dad. Um, but he he was basically saying that it would almost take a miracle in order for them to score points, but they'll keep fighting and the car definitely isn't suited uh, to the track. Alex kind of showed that in, in qualifying. I think he did say there was potentially the opportunity to get through to Q2, but it was very marginal, like a hundredth of a second or whatever it was that he missed out uh, to get through to Q2. And then, then to gain five places, to finish 11th, just outside the points, the points paying position was so far down the road because as we've said in uh, our full podcast, the top five teams are now here. So 11th, it was literally the best Alex could do. And that's why I'm giving him the highest rating I think anyone's ever going to get for a non-points finish. Well done, Alex. We now go to Daniel Ricciardo. He's back. Started 13th, finished 13th. I'm going to go for an 8 out of 10 for Danny Rick. I am rather impressed, actually, with how uh, he, he took to this weekend. Of course, look, eight months out or whatever it is, a different car wash out in FP1, not a lot of time to really get your head around a completely different car uh, to what he drove, drove at Silverstone in the Red Bull, obviously. You know, it's not, it's not like you just take, you know, not a duck taking to water. It's not as simple as that. But, but Daniel did a, did a very good job, out-qualified Yuki, out-raced Yuki. Um, obviously, Yuki had problems and whatnot and started on the softs. But something that was the most impressive for me and why I'm giving him an eight is that 40-lap stint on mediums where he didn't actually lose that much time if any, I think he actually extended his gap to the cars behind, even on very ailing mediums. So I think it's a very impressive drive from Danny Rick. 13th, again, probably the highest 8 out of 10 you're going to see this year. But taking everything into account, I think he did a great job. Yeah, I've also gone for an 8 out of 10 because he's not driven that car at all uh, in real life until he's jumped in in FP1. And then, well, he didn't even get any FP1 running. So his whole weekend really was compromised. Um, also the fact that, you know, he had that contact at the start and still did really, really well. So, um, yeah, this is a really good, solid performance. Like you said, biggest good surprise. He was a, a good surprise, um, even though he is an experienced driver, um, but he has shown why they've they've put him in that uh, Alpha Tari, despite, you know, a few critics saying that it's not the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, well done, Danny Rick. And I, I could definitely see him picking up the odd point uh, in that car that, you know, now he's shown that with a good strategy and a, a good race pace, you can maybe, you know, he could have finished 11th or maybe even beaten Stroll, who knows, with better qualifying. Definitely, again, and it comes back to my point previously around experience and knowing how to treat the tyres in these hot conditions. Daniel doing 40 laps on the mediums, I don't think there was a, a car that did more than 28 behind him in terms of, sorry, 28 in terms of the whole field. So to go that much longer on the mediums, not even the hards, uh, is, is quite an impressive feat, to say the least. No points to show for it, but um, it certainly caught a few people's attentions, uh, this, uh, this particular drive from Daniel. We now go to his teammate, Yuki Sonoda, started 17th, finished 15th gone for a five out of 10 for yuki um it's not a great performance to be you know beaten by daniel ricardo maybe it's it's a difficult one 
because he started on softs, had a poor strategy. They were extremely close. It's going to be really interesting to see how Yuki does do against Daniel Ricciardo. I'm not going to write him off immediately after a one race, but it does just show that you know, the Alpha Tauri um, is not a particularly good car, but can mix it up in that midfield with the right uh, the right racing. And yeah, Yuki, just not not the the greatest weekend for him he was kind of doomed really with the the soft tires not working out and the early pit stop yeah i've gone for a five out of ten as well um it's not a good look for him to have been beaten by ricardo uh first weekend out both in quali and in the race especially when his teammate got hit at the start as well which i failed to mention somehow in my eight out of ten rating um so managed to you know, put himself from what would have been 18th back up to, to 13th in the end um yeah it's just a disappointing weekend for yuki because there was part of me that was like, yeah, biggest good surprise for Daniel. But then on the other side, I was going, yeah, but Yuki's been, been pretty good this year. A lot of 11th places, very close to the points. Um, but it just it just didn't really work out for him. Uh, not not a good weekend, I would say, for Yuki. But it was marginal again, qualifying especially. I think it was 13 thousandths of a second behind Daniel and was knocked out in Q1 compared to Daniel getting into Q2 and, and, uh, and managing 13th on the grid. So it could have easily been different. Um, but yeah, uh, straight down the middle for, for Yuki. We now go to Nico Hulkenberg. Started 10th, finished 14th. This man, oh, I mean, we always put most of the weighting into the race. And I feel like Nico's grades and ratings don't really showcase how well he's kind of doing in that car, or at least how far he's pushing it. Oh, I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10 just purely because, again, he makes it through to Q3. But once again, that Haas is just a snail in the race, a snail that degrades and just sort of... <laughs> it, I, it's actually really annoying because then you compare him to his, uh, to his teammate, Kevin. Nico is smashing Kevin at the moment. Uh, and it's not really spoken about enough because Haas aren't high enough uh, for us to really be able to, you know, for a lot of people to take notice. But Nico's doing a fantastic job, especially in qualifying. And I think he he, he deserves a, a 7 out of 10 at least, just purely because he's just extracting the most he can out of it. Yeah, you've you've kind of almost convinced me to give him an 8. And I know it's ridiculous to give someone an 8 for 14th, but I, I just think that Haas is woeful. Um, you know, he is doing everything he can in qualifying. Um, and then the Haas just what are you suffers. Giving it? I'm going for an eight. I'm going to go for an eight. Um, Because, look, he's getting that car into Q3, which shouldn't be there. And then he's finishing, yeah, out the points, dropping down with that awful tyre deg. But I don't think there's much he can do. And I guess you have to think the only person you can compare to is his teammate, who last year we were on more than a few occasions talking about what a good job he's doing. And... Nico is absolutely annihilating Kevin, like you say. So, yeah, we'll go for an eight. Okie dokie. We now go to Kevin Magnussen. Started 19th, finished 17th. I'm going to go for a three out of 10 for Kevin Magnussen. Um, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting almost a little bit fed up with how rubbish he's being, to be honest. And it, it like, it's, it's, really bad um i know the Hass is bad but this is a guy that was doing so well last year and the more performance he's putting in the more i think you know what could Hulkenberg have done in that Hass last year uh, when it was 
fairly decent because Magnussen, you know, qualifying, Hulkenberg's shown that the Haas can actually qualify well. And again, he's not even making it into the next session. He's only beating Logan Sargent in a Williams and then finishing 17th. only. Come on, put some respect on Logie Bear. <laughs> but a rookie in a car that's not suited to that track. Magnussen's having a, a shocker. He's in a right slump, to say the least. And um, he's almost he's almost getting away with it because the house is so terrible. You know, if he was in a top of midfield car, I think there'd maybe even be talk of, is his seat under threat? But because well, he's... Well, his contract's up, isn't it, this, at the mm. end of this year? I think his seat is under threat with this these kind of performances. Uh, I've gone for a two out of 10 because I am fed up and he's not getting away with it just because he's in a house because it's not good enough. We very much, both of us agreeing at the start of the year that Nico and Kevin are very you know close matchup between teammates. They've both got you know potential to score good points and they've shown that in the past. But K-Mag's just completely anonymous, like nowhere. And his qualifying is really massively letting him down. He's on the back row of the grid whilst Nico is, is making it through to Q3 and was half a second off pole, I think, if I'm... Not, not mistaken. So K-Mag really needs to get yeah, get up to speed a bit more here because as much as he only finishes three places behind Nico, that is mainly due to the fact that Nico can't keep the faster cars ahead of him due to this massive tyre deg. Uh, and K-Mag's only finishing 17th because both Alpines are out the race. Otherwise, he's probably finishing 19th ahead of Logie Bear, who was out the race as well in the end. So it's a two out of 10, very poor performance from K-Mag, uh, and he needs to pick it up because that Brazil pole ain't going to save him for another year uh, in terms of contracts. I can I can tell you that for free. We now go to Lance Stroll. Started 14th, finished 10th. I'm going to go with a six out of 10 for Lance. Um, you know, not a great qualifying, but still managed to score a point. That Aston Martin, you know, if, if that was 10th a few races ago, he's probably scoring a four or five. But the the Aston Martin, you have to take into account its relative pace. Uh, you know, there was an Alonso train at the start of the race where, uh, yeah, he was properly falling off the pace of the of the front cars. So, yeah, it's it's still a point for Lance. Made up a few positions, plenty of battles. I think six is fair. Yeah, I've gone for a six for Stroll as well. Um a very Lance Stroll race of being washed in qualifying and then just appearing in the points at the end and going, wait a minute, how's he done that? It looked like he was having a pretty shocking race and then he's just in the points at the end. Um, so yeah, it's a six out of 10. Aston Martin, yeah, like you say, have just fallen off big time. They certainly have. Fernando Alonso next started eighth, finished ninth. This is a really difficult one because I do think Aston Martin are washed um and not very good around here um so i'm gonna go for a eight can i give him an eight for finishing ninth no because he might be in a ferrari for an eight or something i'm gonna go seven it's a really difficult one to to grade because he's obviously beaten lance by a long way that aston martin now does look like the fifth um fifth best car um, which is a real shame because he was hyping up this race uh, big time. And you know, I can't remember what race it was now where he said, that's the last time I'm finishing off the podium. And since then, I think he got one. He kind of did that, finished on the podium, and now they're kind of dropping backwards. So a real shame uh, to see the the hype of um, Mike Siteman of hoping for that 
Alonso 33rd win now feels like a very long way away now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they look like the fifth fastest car now, potentially, which is is crazy to say after it's, it's once again, this would have been the greatest championship battle uh, <laughs> <laughs> between four teams. Uh, but they constantly keep swapping second place to the second fastest car. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm going to go with a seven out of ten as well. It's crazy to think that that is his worst result of the season. When you think of us coming into last year, uh, from last year to this year, going, "Oh my God, why would Fernando Alonso go to Aston Martin?" He's going to finish fourteenth every his race. Worst yeah. result. Um, but yeah, I think he just did as most as much as he could. I think yeah, as you say, any higher than ninth, he would have deserved a few more points. But yeah, it's uh, just a very very difficult weekend for Aston after all the hype. I want to give them a zero out of ten because of how much they hyped us up for a a difference in in winner potentially or, or whatever and, and turned up with a, a fifth fastest car. We now go to Valtteri Bottas. Started seventh, finished twelfth. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, Alfa Romeo. How did you manage to bottle it so quickly? Within one lap, both drivers were not in the points. They started fifth and seventh. Uh, I'm going to give Valtteri a six out of ten. It was it was a really good qualifying. The Alpha did seem to have good pace. A couple of positions off the points, but obviously he was nowhere near actually 10th because everyone else had you know, cleared off. The battle was for 11th, really. But I can't give him any lower than that because it was a good quali, but such a disappointing race again. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I've gone for a six. Um, yeah, tw 12 for Alfa Romeo. I think any other race that had gone, actually, that's a pretty solid result. But because they qualified well, obviously Bottas did get beaten by showing qualifying. And then we talked about this in the the race watch along, that um, Bottas, uh, I thought that, and he kind of did get compromised by Joe stalling because he uh, had to go round him. But he only lost three positions and obviously made up one on Joe. So he's only lost two places. So there's still a chance there to get some solid points. And then I watched an onboard uh, of his first lap and Valtteri Bottas, when he was in a Mercedes, his kind of, some would say, non-aggressive driving um, was really good in a Mercedes. And and we're now looking at someone like Perez and going, the Bottas actually really underrated in a Merc because he, he was a perfectly brilliant number two driver that picked up the points. His Q3 record was unbelievable. He's a very safe, solid driver, but he definitely does lack that racing racecraft and aggression and things like that and uh, I watched his first lap and even though he's still in a very good position and potentially could have got a point he gets passed by a house he gets passed by an Aston Martin Yuki Sonoda dives up the inside of him and he just kind of lets everyone go and it's just kind of it's painful to watch because they were in such a good starting position and you think this was their chance to score some big points so I do have to put some of the blame on Bottas as well because he just dropped like a stone at the start and it's not like he started on hard tyres or anything. Oh, Valtteri. Mm. If only you had some tenacity in your racecraft, he could have been a 10-time world champion. But, uh, <laughs> alas. Uh, Shou Guan Yu up next, started fifth, finished 16th. Oh, it's painful, this one. But it's a uh, four out of ten I've gone for. Um, it's a massive mistake that he's ploughed into the side of someone. But 
the start procedure wasn't his fault, uh, according to Alfa Romeo, um, that it was an error on the car um, that meant that he stalled. Uh, and I do have to cred- credit his brilliant qualifying, but you know, after you drop back through the pack, just don't then slam into the back of someone that, that causes a crash. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame for Joe because what might have been. So, yeah, gone for a four. Hmm. I think that's slightly on the generous side uh, for that rating. I, I've gone for a two out of 10 for Zhou Guan Yu. Um, you mentioned, obviously, about the the, the, the fail-safe procedure, whatever it was that, that caused the issue at the start. Whether that's true or not, who knows? But obviously, we'll take Alfa Romeo's um, uh, words on that as as gospel. But to then cause an incident after that, to, to obviously, there's a, an element of panic there. He's lost a lot of positions. To then wipe out, because of your fault, two cars, I can't give any higher than a two because he's literally taken out both Alpines. I'm doing this for you, Alpine fans, okay? Because, um, yeah, it, it ruined his... Ra- oh, stop it. He, he <laughs> ruined his own race by doing that. Uh, obviously got, uh, got a penalty. I, he got, that didn't yeah, as well. and some penalty Daniel points. Daniel Ricciardo, he, uh, he obviously impacted as well. So he, it, it was a light Bottas bowl of 2021. Uh, and I don't think I can give him any higher than that because of the yeah, the the end result was was difficult. And it's really hard to to say because I thought I'd be giving him an eight, a nine. His qualifying was exceptional, but that doesn't matter. That's not where your points are are made. And he finished sixteenth in the end. So, yeah, sad, really sad times because there was an opportunity to beat a stroll. I think in that race, maybe no one else, but yeah, unlucky for Zhou Guan Yu. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Witness history at the French Open, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May the 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. We now go to Oscar Piastri. Started fourth, finished fifth. I've gone for an eight out of ten for Oscar Piastri. Again, an amazing qualifying, couple of tenths off Lando, which is no mean feat, and to slot in on the second row of the grid. He can be very, very happy with that. He then shows some excellent racecraft into turn one um, to take P2. Obviously, Verstappen causing a slight parting of the Red Sea by squ- just, just, oh, no, no, Hamilton, you keep going. No, keep going. Keep, now I'll turn in. Lovely. See you later. Take care. And obviously, Oscar, it's, it's, it's impressive driving from Max because he knows exactly what he's doing. Run Lewis wide, and he's probably going to be, um, you know, He's going to have positions uh, lost potentially on the exit of turn turn one into two. So yeah, and then the inexperience kicked in. Oscar said it himself uh, via the interviews that he just didn't really know how to to work the tire and keep the tire in. And he sort of commended Lando for how he still finished P two. It's a nice transparent honesty from Oscar, um, but still finished fifth. Like that's that's no that's not a bad result by any stretch. So he can still be proud of himself. Yeah, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 as well. He's finished a long way behind Lando, obviously, with the the tyre wear at the end, but uh, he's qualified very well again. Um, And just, yeah, a bit of an experience of 
struggling on tires maybe due to to the hot conditions i think he will um yeah i think it'd be fascinating to see how they do it uh do it spa uh with a another high speed track and who knows should be good right like max yeah, Verstappen was joking in the post-race uh, press conference that people should watch the McLaren going through Puon because they're going to be flat through there. Like he's, he was wow. literally hyping them up in terms of how quick they were. I think he was saying that in turn four in Hungary, uh, that he, they were flat through there as well in qualifying and stuff like that. So, Jeez. so Max has done his research. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> yeah, he knows he... exactly where that McLaren's quick. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Spa. And obviously another mention is Oscar having a bit of damage, which explains some of his drop off yeah. as well. But, the damage was self-inflicted because it was potentially curb damage. So, you know, can't really say, oh, no, there was a bird stuck in his brake duct. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Lando Norris now. Started third, finished second. Gone for a 10 out of 10. Um, I think even though he lost out, um, it's weird because he was so close to pole. Um, but then you look at, uh, and then obviously, lost out to Piastri at the start but you look at where he's actually finished and held off a, a Red Bull at the end it's got to be a 10 another really really good performance from him and uh, yeah who knows where he might end up uh, at the end of the season after looked like he was going to finish about 15th 16th in the championship and now who knows could could end up uh, really high if he keeps bagging all these uh, podiums maybe he's going to be the new Fernando for the rest of this season where he's the one that's kind of finishing second and third all the time on the podium with the Red Bulls. Oh, we say that and in a couple of races time, it'll be another team that come up. Alpine are the second fastest team now. It's just And we'll go, why a Red Bull here? Because this would have been the best season ever. <laughs> say it every time we're a broken record. Uh, I've gone for a 10 out of 10 as well. I think it's uh, firstly massively impressive that he managed to finish second ahead of Perez. Everything sort of worked out beautifully for him doing that undercut as much as I feel Oscar would have been a little bit peeved by that. Having that undercut actually, when you look at it in hindsight, saved him that second place because he had to execute everything perfectly in order for Perez to not catch him at the end. And obviously Hamilton wasn't too far behind either. Um, but yeah, like he, he got a little bit caught out at the start, but he picked himself up and finished an absolute mile ahead of Piastri in the end, which just shows how good of a performance that was and that it wasn't as easy as just driving that to second place. Like you maybe would potentially say that the McLaren had a bit more innate pace at Silverstone potentially compared to, uh, compared to where the Red Bull uh, was in Silverstone. And then you look at Hungary, um, but yeah, Lando, well done. Great result. And uh, yeah, another second place. Let's see if he can make it three on the bounce in Spa. Pierre Gasly now started 15th, finished DNF. Going to go for a four out of 10 for Pierre. It would have been a five, but his qualifying was pretty washed and then got taken out on lap one. So it's pretty ungradable, but slightly demoted due to his, his, his qualifying position. Yeah, four out of 10 for exactly the same reason. I would be a five, but uh, 15th, uh, you know, three places behind his teammate. He's having a bit of a, a stinker, is Gasly. Uh, not really got many points in, in the championship either. Um yeah, not not going well. Mm. I feel like my preseason prediction was Pierre Gasly. We both predicted Gasly yeah. biggest flop, and it's weird because I don't think he he's actually been it's a bad, quiet flop. but it, it's a quiet. Yeah, you look at the points and go, oh wow, Gasly's like he's nowhere. Not, it's not like a 
flop. It's like a yeah. Flop. It's not. It's not like you're looking at it going, oh, you know, he's not. He's not gonna lose a seat or anything that he's doing ba- that badly. He's just not getting any points on the board. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, a, a small flop from from Gasly. Uh, Esteban Ocon now started twelfth, finished DNF. Uh, well, kind of already uh, spoiled this one. It's a five out of ten because he just got yeeted out the first corner. But the positive is that he outqualified Gasly. Uh, but Alpine, absolute shocker. Um, their three fans are going to be fuming. Hey, leave him alone. <laughs> Once is fine. Twice is not. That is not fair. Not in the same podcast, Tommy. Jesus. Uh, I've gone for a five out of ten for Ocon for the reasons I said uh, when speaking about Gasly. Um, yeah, it was it was a shame because for both of them, for the whole team, you know, to to go through that entire process, all the pack down, pack up, everything, like to to not make it past the first corner without terminal damage is is gutting for the team. So I genuinely do feel really bad for them and the Ocon and Gasly fans and the Alpine fans, Tommy. Um, so yeah, uh, sad times uh, for them, but. Fingers crossed. I mean, Ocon's on a terrible run of form at the moment, isn't he? Like, it's not going too well. They've barely uh, scored any points. It's yeah. weird. They Alpine haven't really scored many points apart from the big haul in Monaco. So, um, and that's why I predicted that they might do well around here. That's Monaco without the walls, but uh, second double DNF in a row. Ouch. Yeah, not good at all. Lewis Hamilton now started first, finished fourth. This was a difficult one to grade. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 because the pole position was absolutely sensational, but we wait, obviously, more of it to the race. And he got mugged at the start, and that that cost him pretty much second place, I would say, for, for Hamilton. Uh, he, yeah, if he, I mean, Lando himself said that if, Hamilton had jumped him at the start. He wouldn't have finished P2, Lando, that is. So, and also as well, just didn't feel like Mercedes executed as well as they could have. Lewis lost a lot of time after the first pit stop. He was baffled as to why, and he was like eight, nine, ten seconds behind Piastri, I think it was. And we were all sort of scratching our heads there. Um, obviously, he was very quick in, on the last stint and and managed to to get past Piastri and finish finish fourth and, and was closing in on Perez. But yeah, it's it's a weird one because it was so good at the start and we were so hyped. But then to finish fourth? Oh, it's so difficult because he wasn't far off second. So I'm going to stick with an eight because the pole is still living in my mind. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I think, yeah, his qualifying is like a 10 out of 10 and then his race is almost a seven just because he's dropped back off the start, lost loads of places. And you do have to think what might have been because he he was catching Perez at the end, um, whether that was just Perez backing off a little bit um, and then nothing to play for. But it does make you wonder if maybe he hadn't lost the places at the start, um, been ahead of Lando, who knows. But yeah, didn't didn't quite have the... Uh, the race pace and uh, yeah, got to downgrade him a bit for, for the start, which was such a shame. Uh, we can't blame it all on Nico Rosberg. It was also um, Hamilton's fault for yeah getting a poor, a poor getaway and then maybe not being quite aggressive enough. And Max really did uh, kind of run him wide to just give him that little reminder. That's like, if you do get a good car again, I will be here and I will 
shove you off again, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> like, I think it is just part of their 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 game, isn't it? That they like to have a little bit of a a ding dong, even though it wasn't much at all. Absolutely. So you went for a seven, was that? Yeah, a seven. Okay. No, sorry, an eight. An eight. An eight. No, okay. no, an eight. I don't know if you even announced it or not, or if I just. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, an eight. eight. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> a couple of eights. We now go to George Russell. Started 18th, finished 6th. Gone for a 7 out of 10 for George. Uh, P6 is actually quite impressive on the road when he finished 18th. Um, has to take some of the blame when for... he finished 18th. Sorry, when he started 18th. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the word finished. 6th on the road is impressive when he finished 18th. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be impressive. Uh, but yeah, uh, poor qualifying good recovery drive but he can't get too high of a grade because it was a bad qualifying and self-inflicted really so um lost out to the gentleman's agreement but yeah did well to kind of come back through the pack and mercedes it's a weird one because they've not they've not wowed this year but i feel like they're going to end up finishing comfortably second in the championship the way it's going um, even they though they've just kind points, of been, Mercedes, they just, no matter that, how washed yeah. their car is, they always seem to score good points. They do. They're like a machine where they just pick up good results. Like fourth and a six is bad for them, but it's still a lot of points on the board, isn't it? Certainly is. Uh, I've gone for a seven out of 10 as well for George. I, I do feel for him a little bit in qualifying, but on the flip side of that, I'm like, just don't let people pass. Just, just, don't be taking the wide line and just people, obviously, it's gentleman's agreement, what yada yada. It was mainly unlucky just purely because I think it was Gasly was the one that just absolutely sent it up the inside and just ruined uh, George's qualifying. But then George himself even said in the in the post-quality interviews that, that it's just the way it happens sometimes. And it was a shame because I think he he really would have been up there and, and George thinks that as well. But um, yeah, to, to gain 12 positions around a place like Hungary, is is no mean feat. So um, an impressive drive, but an, a really unfortunate at qualifying. And and uh, yeah, I guess he's going to be ruining uh, what could have been. Carlos Sainz now started 11th, finished 8th. Gone for a 6 out of 10 for Carlos. Missed out on Q3 by a whopping three thousandths of a second. Um, but did seem a little bit slower than Charles this weekend, just generally, but obviously started on the soft tyres, so slightly less comparable that way. But Charles, even with that five-second penalty, was, I suppose, given a slightly preferential strategy in, in some ways. But it's it's so difficult to, to to kind of measure after Ferrari being so good and now, or not so good, good, and now they're average to not good, and now they're a midfield team fighting yeah. for the bottom end of the, the points. I just don't think it was a particularly impressive weekend from Carlos. Uh, so, yeah, I think six. I've gone for a seven for Carlos. Um, I just think that is where they are. It was kind of a good, if not uh, a decent drive, but not a great drive. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for a seven because, like you say, he was really close to Charles in qualifying. We all know how good Charles is in qualifying. Uh, it just was unfortunate that that meant that he didn't make it into to Q3. Um, and then what might have been if he'd have got gone through, I don't think a huge amount if they'd have let him go on the soft tires, but I, I think it's quite fair to say that everyone that started on the soft was kind of doomed a bit with strategy. It didn't really work out at all, but it was fun to see him fly through the field. I remember lap one being like, wait, 
that's not an Alfa Romeo, that's Carlos. How on earth yeah. is he sixth? Um, so yeah, it's good, good start. Um, yeah, they're they're just Ferrari, Ferrari are really hard to rate, a bit like Aston Martin, where you kind of feel like eighth, that's really bad, but that is just where they are now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think qualifying definitely you know let him down a little bit because I feel like that forced his hand into a soft tire start, which then sort of ruined his race because he needed to gain some positions. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great start from Carlos. Uh, I will admit. And does that mean I'm going to change it to a seven? Hmm. No, it's not. It's a six. We now go to Charles Leclerc. Started sixth, finished seventh. I have gone for a seven out of ten for Charles as well. Um, you know, he's done a bit better than his teammate, uh, despite the penalty. But penalty was his own fault for speeding in the pit lane. So uh, gets a, a mark down for that one. So a seven. Uh, like I said. Kind of same with with uh, Carlos. I think that is just the sad reality uh, where um, Ferrari are, and it's it's a shame to see because uh, Carlos and particularly uh, Charles Leclerc are far too good to be seventh and eighth on on the track. Yep, yep. Love talking about <laughs> it. I've gone for a seven out of ten for Charles. Uh, he was a little bit quicker this weekend um, to to manage to pick up. Uh, the pace and to, to beat Carlos after the five second penalty, which yeah was his fault, but also the nine point whatever it was second slow pit stop as well. Things just really didn't go his way, but um, he he was showing decent pace. He said he was very happy with qualifying. Uh, felt like it was a really good lap. It just wasn't anywhere near pole. So yeah, I think seven out of ten uh, for Charles. We now get to Sergio Perez. Started ninth, finished third. I've gone for an eight out of ten for Checo. Reached Q3 and then had a ugh, had a lap that no one's ever going to speak about. P9 on the grid, which again, can Sergio Perez come back and get on the podium? Well, to, yesterday he could. And should, yeah, it would have been maybe a nine if he'd managed to, to, to claw back to second. Crashed, obviously, let's not forget, in free practice, one on his first flying lap. But a decent comeback drive much better pace i would say from perez this weekend uh, so deserves an eight uh i've gone for a seven out of ten for sergio perez um i know there's a lot of people that think that this is a really good performance and obviously he won driver of the day uh which he gets a lot to be fair but i do wonder how much that is just Quali- like it's because he's the entertainer right because he's qualifying down the grid and then flying through the field but um yeah I, I don't this is one of those drives a bit like um i want to say like gasly and bahrain where people see that he's flown through the field and they give him a really good grade but in reality he should be up the front he's finished 37 seconds behind verstappen um and we've said this before that i think perez and i saw a lot of people go oh you know he's answered his critics in this weekend now and with that that race but maybe i'm being too harsh but i'm like has he because albon and gasly were finishing 40 seconds behind max but the only difference was that when max was finishing third 40 seconds behind him was 11th or 12th now sergio should be easily finishing second when max is winning the race by 40 seconds so um i don't i personally don't think it's a particularly uh, great drive like he's made the the comeback through the field um but that car is unbelievable and we saw that with max finishing that far ahead um 
and yeah, he's come through the field. Um, but those kind of drives, I just think that they're really they're impressive on paper. But you kind of need to look into the fact that why is he ninth? Then it's because he didn't qualify very well. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that was little. Tom Bellingham soliloquy on why he doesn't hate Perez and the, re- the reason for a seven is is this. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please don't it. cancel me, please but it's true me. because... No, no, I completely understand where you're coming from and it is a fair a fair point, I think. You have to look at the, the car performance. giving him an eight is just purely because of, uh, you know, you have to put a human element into this as well and it was a better drive from Perez than all of his previous terrible comeback drives that he we've had previously where he's finishing fifth or sixth or whatever like there was there was like elements of speed and also hungary is not an easy track to overtake yeah it's it's a seven or an eight but i've gone for an eight because i feel bad that perez you know he just needs to get in some confidence you know Uh, we now go to max verstappen finally started second finished first i kind of almost wanted to give him a nine because he didn't get pole but he can't he can't give him anything other than a ted when he's finished so far ahead of the the field but he has just um yeah driven he, he he did set up for race pace like we said um and he's made up immediately um the problem a problem in qualifying finish second boohoo um to you know get a good start even on the dirty side of the grid um and then it was just kind of like bye um so yeah just driving incredibly well um showing that it's he's just showing that even in the races where we kind of get halfway through and go oh we need a safety car it's like all it would do is bunch up the field and then he'd just be off again um because it's just miles ahead so uh yeah it's got it's a 10 domination yeah, it's 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 nothing but a ten uh, to to win by the biggest margin of the season to be able to get Hamilton into turn one on the dirty side of the grid. Yeah, that, of course he missed out on pole, but it was by three thousandths of a second. So you know, there's there was uh, very fine margins between uh, between the cars in, in qualifying, and and yeah, Max was just unbelievable again. So well managed. Um, there's not many other drivers that can do what he's doing in that car. Perez is proving that as well. He's no slouch, Sergio, but he just can't get anywhere near. Um, so, yeah, Max, unbelievable. Well done. Once again, you love a 10. 10s all around. 10s for the for the rest of the season, probably. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. We now go finally to who is our P1. I'm going with Max this weekend. I'm going with Max because I haven't given Max... <laughs> I don't think we have we've literally given it to anyone but Max um, because we're just like well Max is winning everything he can't win P1 as well but it was such an impressive performance to win by that margin that the guy is just chilling he's got he's got just so much more than anyone else on the grid in terms of their package and the driver how, how do you catch him the, the Red Bull's too good yeah exactly um I'm going to go for Lando for the opposite reason that I feel like when it was between Lando and Max, I said, I'll go with Max because I feel like we never (laughs) give it Max. So this time I'll give it Lando, just be different. But um, those two far and away, the the best two drivers of the weekend uh, by comfortable, can't be anyone other than those two, in my opinion. So yeah, uh, I'll go for Lando. Lovely stuff. And that, 
pretty much wraps up our F1 driver ratings for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Remember, these are opinions. They are not facts. Disclaimer. <laughs> we, you know, I've gone for an eight for Perez. Tommy's gone for a seven. Let us know your calm and composed thoughts in the chat for your numbers for the for the drivers uh, throughout the grid. We'd, be, we'd love to see them. We really would. And uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or via our podcast on audio. And we'll see you very soon. It's race week once again. It's Belgian Grand Prix. Much more content coming Sprint. your way. Predictions very soon. Sprint weekend. God, I'm ready. Again, delusion is set in. I'm ready for a banger this weekend. See you there. Bye. He can't get 10 every week. He's going to do it now, isn't he, Tommy? Ever, ever <laughs> since you've done that stupid phrase, he's won every single time. Uh, yeah. I know what you're doing. It's now. the master plan. It's the that's, new cake. That's it. It's the you're new like, oh, onesie. I'm trying to jinx him, and you're like, deep down, if I say this phrase, it locks in the victory. <laughs> Disgusting. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.